A quick reminder, the hosts of this show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said on the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. Welcome to episode 32. This is Mike Frost, and today on the podcast, we'll be discussing current events. Most of you have been watching the news lately. There's a lot to talk about. We'll look at what's going to, what we think might happen in 2021, and what's going to happen with this new presidency, and much, much more. First of all, let's welcome to the podcast our CEO and founder, David Lee. David, how's it going this morning? Doing great. Doing well. Happy to be here. Matt, our senior VP, how are you doing this morning? I'm great. Excited. Great. And Natalie, our producer extraordinaire and marketing director. Natalie, how, how are you handling it this morning? Doing wonderful. All right, folks. As Again, as you've heard, the, the what's in the news here recently, we're going to kind of go over that. And we have lots of opinions here in the office, so you may hear some banter back and forth. But first things first, David, Matt, what in the heck is going on with our country? Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's really sad to see what's going on from my perspective with the country where you see the, you know, the Capitol building broken into and just all the chaos that unfolded in Washington, D.C. yesterday. Um, however, I'll also say that, you know, I, I think this is unfortunately what happens when Washington continues to just kind of ignore, uh, the, the will of the people and ignore and, and when Senator elected senators and representatives ignore the will of their constituency, people get, people get frustrated, but on both ends, right? The, the left and the right. There seems there's this major divide in the country and somehow we've got to to find a way to come back together. But, um, you know, but but the the divide really, I I believe, is caused by you've got the far left who really do want socialism, which is a precursor to communism. And you've got the right who wants freedom and capitalism. And you can't there is no negotiate. There is no room to negotiate between those two extremes somehow we're going to have to to figure this out but but it was sad to see what unfolded on capitol hill yesterday yeah it's definitely unfortunate what happened yesterday and you know it felt like a one of those days we'll all probably remember for sure but i i would say i'm in the on, on the side of just none of it really surprises me to be honest with you it's sad i don't want to see any of it but if you look just I think we all fall our fault at you know recency bias and and thinking that like what we live through today is unique yeah. historically. Yeah. And it just it, it really isn't. It you can look at any kind of scenario, any kind of situation and there's almost always different points of history where something identically or very similar has happened in the past whether it's in American history or you know, you go back even further. It's just different. History repeats itself, yeah. right? And it's it's the same in markets. It's the same in the political world. It's the same in, you know, everything. So 
um, I think just not being surprised by it, but being saddened by kind of where we're at. Yeah. And we do have a divide. As you know, we look back in 2020, there were lots of protests. We look back what happened up in, was it Portland, where the a whole block was taken over for a matter of weeks. And we've had all the other protests throughout the year. And now we see it on our nation's capital. When I saw it on the news yesterday, I'm like, well, where is that? What country is that in? It's like, oh, that's ours. So that was quite a shock. Yeah. So like you were saying, Matt, about uh, this may not be be may not be quite as unique as we think it is. Uh, Will Rogers used to say history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. You know, in other words, it's not it's not exactly the same, but there there are similarities that repeat in cycles throughout history. And um, so hopefully, like I said earlier, hopefully we'll be able to find some kind of a common ground. Hopefully the Democrats won't go extremely far left. You know, they, they have the ability to do that now that they control the white house and both chambers of, of Congress. Um, but, uh, I, I fear that if they, if they do try to go far left, they're just going to continue to create this divide. They're going to continue to anger the, the right. And, and you could end up risking a sparking a civil war. I'm afraid. So hopefully that will not happen. Hopefully cooler heads will prevail. Hopefully the Democrats will work with Republicans to, you know, and, and compromise and not just go hard left. Well, let's talk about that, David. I mean, now, now the, the, the Democrats, the left, whatever adjective you want to use, control the Congress, they control the Senate, and now they have the presidency. So for our listeners, how's that going to impact them? Let's take taxes, for example. What do you guys, and none of us have a crystal ball. If we do, it's cloudy. What do we think might happen with taxes? Well, if if the Democrats do what they always want to do, they're, they're going to try to raise taxes. And that's where I was coming from and saying, hopefully cooler heads will prevail and they won't, they won't go that route. But I, I would fully anticipate not having the crystal ball. I would fully anticipate that unfortunately the Democrats are going to try to do exactly that. They're going to try to, they're going to try to raise taxes. They're going to try to undo the Trump tax cuts from a couple of years ago, or maybe they'll just say, well, you know, they're supposed to auto expire in 2026 anyway. So, you know, if cooler heads prevail, maybe they'll just say, well, we'll just stick with the sunset clause that's already in there. But I, my, my belief is they will try to raise taxes. And I believe that's what we've heard from them. That's kind of a, a one of the campaign promises. Hey, your taxes will go up. Yeah. Uh, now it depends on what income level and all that. But if we were to put it up on a board, taxes most likely will go up at some point in the future. 2026 for sure, based off a of current law. How about a state tax? Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. Go ahead, Matt. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think all of this is on the table. Obviously, my my belief and hope is though. There are still a handful of moderate Democrats who represent more conservative states and yeah, areas of the country right. that all of these politicians, Republican or Democrat, are most concerned about their political careers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so you have several of these moderate Democrats in both the House and the Senate, you know, for the for the with it being a 50-50 split in the Senate, for the Democrats to truly have control, then it, they have to have every Democratic vote. Right. And then it has to be um, then, you know, VP Kamala has to um, be the tiebreaker. tiebreaker. Right. So. So, I mean, that means 
so I, I'm kind of hopeful that anything too extreme might be able to be avoided just yeah. because of those reasons. You know, now they might, they very well likely could, you know, with the estate taxes and some of these kind of more left leaning, but not extreme left ideas very well may happen. Very well may come to fruition. Um, but I'm hopeful that, you know, they don't go too far. The estate tax has always been a, you know, what's, what's right and what's wrong. And I think some of these things they can very likely get done without a majority of the country even realizing it or knowing mm-hmm. because it doesn't impact a yeah. vast majority of people. And with respect to the estate tax, a lot of those elected representatives and senators are affected by that estate tax law. So I wouldn't be surprised if we actually don't see much change on the estate tax provision because it affects them. But I, I could be wrong. We'll, we'll see. But I would fully anticipate in, uh, higher income taxes because that was that was a Biden campaign promise. Interestingly, I was talking with our state senator the other day, and he brought this point up. Since it is 50-50 now, he said each senator, each senator on both sides, feel like they're in control because right. they have to have their vote. And so now they want to extract as much out for them and their constituents as anything. When they were behind, everybody had to get on board, so they had a getting close to the majority. But now it's 50-50. A one or two can say, nope, I'm not joining unless you do X, Y, or Z. So, you know, we could see really, to your point, Matt, there could be two, three, four, whatever to say, you know, I'm not going along with that unless you do X, Y, or Z. Well, you see that on both sides because I think when there is a majority, uh, you know, four, five, six in the majority, you you almost always have, especially if it's it's uh, controversial legislation, you always have a, either side people who – try to make a statement because they know it's not going to matter. It's not going to change the actual vote. You've seen it with Collins and out of Maine. You've yep. seen it with several of these. So they might make a stance and say, okay, I'm going to do this because they feel like it's best for their political career or whatever. But they also know that what they truly want to happen is still going to get passed. Mm-hmm. And that Mike, I think is a great point is you're not going to have that. Yeah. Because they will have, they will feel the heat of, they actually have to vote with yeah. what legislation they want to pass. It's not just a, uh, uh, you know, and, you know, facade. you've got close to the same problem in the House now. It's not exactly 50-50 like it is in the Senate, but it's a lot closer than it was last year. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a lot of the same um, calculus going on in the House. Right. So what do you guys think about inflation? Inflation has been very low the last few years, and the Fed's already said, hey, we're going to let it run up, go past the 2% target. So uh, what could cause inflation to go up in the near future? I mean, all sorts of things. I think inflation's been, you know, everybody for a long time now has been talking to the inflation game, you know. And then there's, I was listening to another podcast the other day, they were talking about inflation truthers, you know, saying like these people that don't believe all the data and they're saying, well, inflation's been like 10% for the last decade, you know, they even though it's quoted at 1% or 2%. But um, I, th- I think it's, you could fully expect to see inflation change. What's interesting though is, it's not just, again, going back to, you know, the biases that we have living in our own little bubbles. You know, we look at inflation of like, well, milk costs 75 cents more than it did a few years ago or whatever it may be, bread or, well, that's f- to us specifically, right? Look at look at how cheap technology has made other massive parts of the economy, Right. And, and systems that we use in the business world and all of those things that used to be very expensive that are now pennies compared to what they used to be. So it'll be interesting that with like the technological advances 
and then the natural increasing of goods and prices, how that continues to unfold over the next day. And along with that, the CPI, you know, there's argument about should that basket of products be held static over time? And the argument that I was reading was take a cell phone. You know, cell phones have basically replaced a house phone. Right. Well, if you had your house phone bill in there as static, I mean, that doesn't, it's not relevant anymore. And to your point, technology has replaced things that might be in there that would make it so much cheaper, like a TV. 10 years ago versus today, it's not apples to apples. So, yeah, who knows what that would be in the CPI index. Is, there, was, there was an old Radio Shack commercial. I forget what year it was from. But if you look at today and then what we have the ability to do on our iPhone now, and you add up all of the good, all of the uh, devices that were advertised on that Radio Shack ad, <laughs> you have available in your smartphone. And it was like $14,000 worth <laughs> of cameras camcorders music players music all of these things that you would have had to buy back in the day that you can now not that a smartphone's cheap but you know maybe for 800 a thousand bucks you can have all that in the palm of your hand Mm -hmm. well some things can cause our inflation to go up the government starts printing a ton of money all right you know, we just got a stimulus passed. You know, everybody's getting $600. Most people are getting $600 a person. Another one's coming. So now they've been talking about doing another 2000 So if we, the government just starts printing money and passing money out, that could cause our inflation to go up. Yeah, I mean, you would definitely think so. You would think so. Hasn't seemed to happen so far, but you would you would certainly think so. And then, then what is that going to do to our national debt? Nobody seems to be talking about that now, but it is just exploding. And at some point, that's got to get paid back. Would you agree? Yeah, I think we've already passed the point of no return on the debt. I mean, the, it's so huge now that just the interest on it is, you know, is going to cause it to to go up every year. It's going to keep getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, I've, I've said for a long time, I believe as long as we, as long as the United States can remain the world reserve currency, I believe it or not, you may, this may be hard for you to, believe it's coming out of my mouth but i don't think the debt is a problem as long as you've got if as long as you're the world reserve currency but what happens if you know the the u.s continues to destabilize politically and and um and our national power wanes and we lose that i mean overnight the the dollar you talk about inflation it would be hyper hyper inflation overnight if we ever lost that so god forbid we we ever lose the uh, world reserve currency status. Well, David, you also mentioned the the interest on the debt. Well, interest rates are an all-time low. Yeah. So, I mean, we're ba- we're not paying much interest at all. The, the service on the debt is not that high. But if that were to go up to, you know, historic records, you know, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10%, oh, it would be a major issue. But right now it's kind of like, hey. And as long as the Fed can control that. Exactly. I don't think rates will ever go back up because uh, – I could be wrong on that. I just don't think rates will go back up as long as the, as long as the Fed can control it, because they know the government can't afford it. Yeah, I think days of you know going back to like the seventies, you see like fourteen percent or something. You know, it, that'll never happen. I don't think we'll as ever long as see the that Fed can control it in our lifetime. The you know one thing that's interesting is I don't know if they've ever, ever actually done it, but you know talking about issuing like hundred year bonds and stuff. Yeah, um, you know some of these things they can get with the systems they have today, and I mean these aren't. I mean, some of them are dumb, but they're not all dumb people, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they're going to think of creative ways yep. to continue to do what we've done and do it for as long as we can. 
All right. So what most people are listening to will say, well, what in the heck is going on with the market? I mean, everything that I had read said, okay, if the, the Republicans lose the Senate, lose the races in Georgia, and the Democrats take complete control, the market is going to tank anywhere from 10 to 15%. Well, we walk in here, and what happened? Yeah, market's been going up, which is, you know, it's a good um, reminder that there is no crystal ball. No matter how much you believe that, well, if this happens, the market's going to go down, or if this happens, the market's going to go up, it... <laughs> it can it consistently proves you wrong it seems like you know so i mean there to me in my mind the logical explanation for why we would see the market going up even though the democrats have won and we know they're going to raise taxes etc is because in the short term that actually could be good for the market right because we know democrats like to spend money they like to you know uh, stimulus yes yeah, stimulus infrastructure that's all going to be good in the short term for the market and for the economy and so that could be probably the easiest most logical explanation for why we've seen the market do what it's done over the last few weeks since the election it's up over a full percentage point just this week yeah which is crazy well and what we have to remember is that you know <coughs> there's investors on both sides of the aisle right mm -hmm. i mean there are Ultra wealthy, big time investors with big time influence on Wall Street in these corporations and right. that are that are Republican and Democrat, right? So, um, and I know everybody wants to make more money. So I don't, you know, I think the market cares about a lot more than just who's in the White House and who controls Congress. There's a lot more that goes into it, and it obviously has an impact. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think we could expect, like, you know, immediate market correction just because of who's sitting in the White House. So we got lots going on in the country, a lot of things going on. So what should our listeners, what does it mean to them? What should they do? What should they be thinking about? Well, you know, as a good rule of thumb, you've heard us say this several times on the podcast, always have about six months worth of living expenses of cash on hand. It's always prudent to have um, cash in the event of emergencies. So Stick to that rule of thumb. You can have part of that cash in a safe at your house, um, as long as it's fireproof and uh, fireproof and hopefully waterproof. Um, but you could have it in a safe at your house. You could have it in the bank or whatever. Well, and to that point, David, you remember back around Christmas there was a bombing in Nashville, and it knocked out AT and T. So yeah. if you were doing everything online through your smartphone, you were out of luck for a few days. So it's always good to have cash, and I'm a firm believer in spending cash because cash hurts when you spend. You spend less. Uh, that's my my other hat. I'll Mike, take that off a little for now. Soapbox there for but, but always have some cash available because you'll you never know when you can need it. But have it in a safe place, like David said. What else should they be thinking about? Just have, I mean, just have a plan. It's I think it's a good reminder that nothing is certain. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, so just have a plan. Don't try to act like you know what the next six months is six month is going to look like, but be prepared for anything. So have the cash, be invested, have a plan, stick to it. You know, and for for us, you know, part of having that plan is being hedged. That's what we. Def that's one of our primary. Uh, one of the primary parts of our plan here at Mach 1, as you've probably heard us say, if you listen to this podcast regularly, we talk a lot about hedging. Just like you would when you buy a house. I, I hate to use this example over and over again, but it's a good example. When you buy a house, you buy a homeowner's insurance policy so that in case a disaster happens, you don't lose everything. 
when you invest a lot of money in the market, you should hedge it with put options to protect your downside. So that's part of having a plan. That's a great example. I use that with all of our clients because nobody would have a house without homeowners insurance on it. They just simply wouldn't do it. And oftentimes their investments are worth more than their home. Yes. And if they're not hedged, protected to the downside, you're just out there naked for something bad to happen. So a great point. What about if they're planning to buy something big in the next 12 months, you know, new car, you know, going on a big vacation, if we can get past COVID, uh, something like that, what would you recommend they do? Well, you might want to start setting that cash aside now. If you don't already have it set aside, I would recommend setting it aside and try to try to pay cash as much as possible for, for things, try to avoid debt. That's also part of having a good plan. It takes less to retire or stay retired if you don't have a lot of debt service. Amen to that. Also, all the things we've talked about here, Dave, if you think like a lot of folks that we talk with think that in the future, taxes will be higher, now may, may be a good time for you to be thinking about doing some Roth contributions or Roth conversions. You should discuss that with a financial advisor and your tax preparer to see if it's right for you. But now may be an opportune time to do that. It, it may be. I, the only thing I would add to that is we we probably do need to kind of take a little bit of a wait and see approach on that because if the Democrats are going to raise taxes, there's no guarantee that they wouldn't, you know, do it retroactively back to January one of this year. So, and depending on how much they go up, you know, and what how the brackets change, that could definitely um, influence a decision on whether and how much Roth conversions you want to do. So I would, I would definitely recommend that people have it on their radar to be thinking about Roth conversions, given the new political environment, but I would take a wait and see approach to see what kind of let tax legislation, if any, that the Democrats might propose. Be prepared. Just don't pull the trigger yet. Yeah. All right. All right, folks, we're running close to the end of our time here. So as a quick recap, Hey, what all's going on in the, in the world today, don't panic. This too shall pass. Uh, like Matt and David have both said, you know, we, we've seen this before, uh, maybe not here in this country, but it's happened elsewhere. So you just need to have a plan and be prepared. Have a little bit of cash on hand. Uh, make sure your investments are protected on the downside and be, be prepared for any short-term market slide. you got a big purchase coming. You might want to set that cash aside uh, now. But in all things, just be calm. Just be calm. Okay. Anyone that tells you, and Matt and David have both said this, that they know what's going to happen in the future, you can bet they don't. And so neither do we. We just plan for the worst and hope for the best. All right. Natalie, tell us, how do people submit questions to the podcast? Yes, you can go to our website and there's a podcast tab and there's a form there. Or you can email podcast at mock-onefinancial.com. We did get an inquiry the other day um, that they did not leave a question. But hello, John. Uh, Thank you for submitting your name and listening to our podcast. Fantastic. Hi, John. Hope you're doing well. All right, folks. Natalie, thank you for producing the show and doing all the behind the scenes work that make this podcast wonderful. Job well done. Uh, We will be discussing another topic coming up in a future podcast. It's Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And actually, last night I was teaching a class. First question, what do you think about Bitcoin? And we'll we'll go over all things cryptocurrency in, in our next podcast. Here's your thought for the day. Sometimes we learn best in a stormy sea, sometimes in calm water. 
They are usually different lessons. And that's by Ralph Massingale. Well, that's it for today. We appreciate you listening to the podcast, and we look forward to you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mach-1financial.com disclosures.